0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
1: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Argo Chat. Joining me today is podcast regular Chris Harrington. Good morning, Chris. Hello, Jack. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Very happy with what we've got in store. Yes, now we've got a very special guest. Yep, so joining us a little later is Argo legend David Frio, which I can't quite believe I'm saying. We've tried to get him on the podcast a fair few times in the past. Finally, the dates have aligned. And I know that fans have inundated us with questions, so they'll all be happy as well, won't they? hmm And you've, yeah, you've got
2: great memories of David as well. Uh, i tell you what, I... David I think would be and I'm not just saying this because he's a guest on the podcast today but I think if you ask me for my favourite player of all of, of the time I've covered um, covered the club I think it would be him mm. not just because he was a good player he was a good guy off the pitch and he he and Roman Lario arrived at a time when the club were at a, quite a low ebb but Paul Sturrock had just arrived they were just the sort of shoots of recovery and Frio and Lario just sort of just took Argyle to, uh, to another level. Two titles in, in three seasons. They established themselves in the Championship. And both of those men had important parts of the play. So I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what David's got to say about his time at Argonne. That's the thing, he's sort of the pin-up guy for that sort of era of time, isn't he? Definitely, no. He was French. He was great. He was, I do know, it was Roman larios son, wasn't it? But you know what I mean. <laughs> he, was, uh, he, was, he had that French flamboyance and a bit of flair and he scored goals. and Got bombs out of seats. Oh, that's, I, that's the type of player I, you won. he won. Was,
1: he, was he was a top player. So, but first, before we get on to speakers to David, yes, we'll talk about Argyle's 5-1 win over Rochdale and why mm. wouldn't we want to talk about that? Mm. Argyle's best performance of the season, I'd say, especially that first half, even though there weren't mm. as many goals. A great period of football. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, I mean, mm. did you anticipate... I mean, Rochdale have been on a bad run, they've conceded a lot yeah. of goals, but still, 5-1 win, that is a perfect result going
2: into Sunderland. I, I didn't expect them to win by that margin. Um, yes, it was against 10 men for the last half an hour, but I've got a lot of respect for the work that Keith Hill, the former Argyle defender, has done at Rochdale over the years. He won't have a big budget, and yet Rochdale are always um, a, a hard team to beat. They make you work for it. Um, it wasn't a great day for them, they, they were poor. Mm. You know? uh, but it was a combination of them being poor and Argyle being extremely good. And I, I, I would argue that when Kerry, Sarcevic, Lemirez and Ladabo play like they did on Saturday, most teams in the E1 will struggle to contain them. I thought the front four were excellent. Um, and it was a really good attacking performance I think what was it 25 attempts on goal 16 on target There were 11 corners in the first 11 half 11 corners in the first half I think you could probably make a case that Argyle actually played better in the first half than they did in the second half because some of the some of the play in the first half was uh was excellent. So yeah, very, very encouraging afternoon. Well you touched on that there, you know, it's so easy sometimes when a
1: team wins so well to say, oh well mm. Rochdale was just really bad on mm. that day, but Argo deserves so much credit for the way they played and I think arguably mm. it's got to be up there with one of the best performances that Derek Adams has arrived at the club in my, in yeah. my
2: view, as an all-round performance. As, as an attacking display, I think it must be, yeah. I mean, you know, to create 25 chances in a game isn't, isn't easy. Uh, and they were good most of those were good chances you know the the keepers made what three or four really top saves there's been near misses just past the post Um, it it was a good attacking display uh, and just kept the momentum going of of the good run they've they've been on recently
1: Um, so great to see Oscar Froelke back on the home park pitch obviously he came on in the second half also chipped him with a goal a great way to introduce yourself to the fans who already love him dearly yeah. um great to see him back on the home park page in the first team fixture
2: yeah and he got a tremendous ovation from the fans and I know he was very appreciative of that um, the first time he's he's been out in front of them since returning to the club and uh, you know when we saw him after the game he said that his goal was a was a gift for the fans because they've stuck with him you know he he left the club last summer for for what he felt was a better career opportunity and that's fair enough everyone has that that uh, option to take and uh, you know it hasn't quite worked out um, in, in Belgium for him but he's come back the clubs have, uh, the fans have made it clear from day one that uh, they're extremely pleased to have him back and, and and Oscar did say when he was talking to us that for him it's important to feel wanted at a a club Mm. and he feels wanted at Plymouth Argyle he he said he's got a great relationship with Derek Adams he's got a great relationship with the fans so you know as long as he's at Plymouth Argyle I think he's going to enjoy himself and now Anthony Sarsavik
1: obviously was booked for the 10th time Mm. um, in the game against Rochdale he'll now, now miss the
2: away game to Sunderland the home game to Luton yeah Surely, Oscar Felgar's going to come in. It gives him a chance now yes. to take a claim. Absolutely. That looks like the most likely scenario, doesn't it? You know, that you just, when you're on a good run like Argyle are on, you don't really want to chop and change the team around too much. If you can just, if you've lost a player because of suspension, you can just plug somebody else straight back into his position, um, then that's what you'll do. I don't think Oscar's quite the same player as Anthony Sasevic. Maybe Sarcevic's a bit more of an attack minded sort of central midfielder, but. Um, When you consider that Argyle playing Sunderland and Wye and Luton at home, two very good, strong teams, you know, I'm not sure that's necessarily the the worst thing in the world. Mm. Um, You would expect uh, Threlkeld to come in. And as Derek Adams has always shown in the past, if you come into the team and you do well and the team are doing well, then you stay in the team. So the opportunity is there for him now to, to get a regular run of games. And Freddie Ladapo back to
1: scoring ways. We'll quickly we'll really touch on that. I mean, there was a lot of mm.
2: fans actually on
1: Twitter before when the team news came out saying, "Why is he not playing Ryan Taylor?" Yeah. It's about time he played Ryan Taylor. Mm. Uh, and I said to you before that I thought Rochdale was a perfect chance for him to get some goals. There's been some hard games lately, and he got two, and, and hopefully that will continue now.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you did call it, Jack. Um, fair's fair. Um, <laughs> I don't often get things. No, right. but you, you you were spot on. You said it was a good time for him to to score, and he did. His first goal was fantastic. It was only when I saw it back on the TV highlights. That I appreciated how good a goal it was. He had a lot of work to do. The ball was played to his feet, and he had he had a good awareness of the defender behind him. Good first touch, skill to spin and shoot, strength to hold off the player, and then a, a sort of an, un- an airing shot into the to the top corner. So it was an excellent finish. That will have done his confidence. The world of good. You look at. Uh, you know, Lamirez and Carey that they've scored goals and their performance levels have, have yeah. gone up. Uh, so I, I've, I've got every expectation that Freddie Ladapo now, fifteen goals for the season, will be uh, will will be going into into these next few games full of confidence. You know, fifteen goal season striker. Um, uh, you know, I, I know there was talk about you know is Ryan Taylor should he come into the team, and we all know what Ryan Taylor's done for Argyle in the past, and he's been an excellent servant. I just think Freddie is a little bit quicker and more mobile and when you've got the likes of Carey and the floating around as well it makes it very difficult for the opposition to know where any of those players are going to pop up in the attacking third of the pitch so but anyway, you know ladipo has got two goals. He's he's he, he should be in uh, in really good spirits for the game against Sunderland. And just one last question because I know mm. fans want to hear more from Frio. Than yeah, Martin, they done what to us today?
1: They can't get David on. Get David on. But just a quick look ahead to, to Sunderland. One thousand mm. five hundred tickets already sold for that game for Margot fans. Mm. Just. In a quick 30 seconds, give hmm. fans that haven't been to the stadium
2: like you've been there before what yep. they could expect. Well, I've been there twice. I saw Argyle lose 5-1 on a Tuesday night, and then I saw him win 3-2 with a Nick Chadwick late goal on a Saturday afternoon in August. It's a 49,000-seat stadium. It's a fantastic venue to go to. It uh, stands alone, so when you drive into Sunderland, you can't miss it. It's on the right. Um, Argyle are going to have a huge um, support there, so they're going to um, have a good time at a, a really top stadium and the way that Argyle have been playing recently, they're not going there without hope of seeing their team put in a, a good performance and get a good result. So up next, we'll hear from the man himself, David
1: Frio. So we're very excited to hear on Argyle Chat to say we've got David Frio joining us now. Um, good afternoon, David.
3: Good afternoon, everybody. I just, uh, pleased to to speak to my uh, Argyle uh, friends. As I was gonna it's say, been a long time.
1: out of anybody connected to Argyle, past and present, I've got to say that I think you're the name that I most get often asked about to to try and get on the podcast. So um, I just want to know how does it feel to be so popular 14 years after leaving the club?
3: Uh, to be fair, it's a it's, it's a big honour. Uh, we've had a great time at Argyle at the time. Mm. Uh, we've been successful with two championships that's maybe the reason why but uh uh to be fair we we all we all enjoyed uh the time you know the the, the 2000 years uh and so uh two obviously championship in three
1: years it was a um, a fantastic time for the for the southwest and you must see a lot of that love, I know you're on social media, you must see a lot of that love from our golf fans on there still.
0: Yeah, yeah, I
3: think most of my followers are from <laughs> Plymouth, to be fair. But, uh, no, you know, it's 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 been a, uh, a time uh, around four years of my career of my life uh, with my family in the southwest of England, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, in a different country. Different culture, and we've been uh, welcomed by everybody. And And, uh,
2: obviously, on the pitch, the the results were there. uh, It it was a great time. And and the kids were born in Plymouth, weren't they, David?
3: Uh, No, no. uh, I've got two sons. Maxim was born in Trance. And when I moved to, to Forest, my second son, Romeo. Uh, was born in uh, in Nottingham. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Uh, in
1: uh, in two thousand and five. Yeah. So I mean, let's well first of all, rewind back right to the very start of your Argyle career. I'm just wondering, sort of how that move came about, and how was um, Plymouth sold to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat>
3: uh, I was in I was in France at the time, mm-hmm. and I and I played with Roman in Valence. Uh, the club was relegated, and. Uh, and I decided to, to to break my contract at the time because I didn't want to play in the third division in France. So uh, I had the opportunity through an agent who told, told to me, he said, well, Roman is in England. Uh, we're going, he, he was in Scotland at the time. We I've got a trial for you in England. It's the second division. Okay, it's the second division, that's fine. And then, oh no, the third division, sorry. And uh, I said, third division but that means the fourth because he, you know i said no i'm not interested and then he called me back uh, a couple of weeks later and he said you know you can come to england you can find a short-term contract is uh, something like a week or a month and, and you'll see you're in a shopping window he said well i'm training here well why not training in england mm. and then that all came about uh, you know uh, at the time i, I took the plane. We we. If I remember well, we we landed in. Uh, I think it was Gatwick or Heathrow, and took the the, the, the car with the agent at the time. and said, "I said one hour from London. <laughs> okay, not too far. Two hours from London. Well, okay, that's three, three and a half." I "And and we arrived late at night, and um, it was a uh, it was a big." surprised because he told me, you know, I didn't check the map when I, when I arrived. And uh, and then we, we arrived, I think it was at the Swinton Hotel, uh, our famous Swinton Hotel. And um, and then the, the story began, here.
1: I was going to say, I've, I've spoken to a, a lot of uh, players that have come from abroad, both from football and basketball, and they all, they all get told that Plymouth's a lot closer to London than it actually is, I think. I think that's a very common uh, theme sorry say again sorry so i was just saying i've spoken to a lot of players that have come from abroad uh, both in football and basketball yeah. and i think they all f- are told or believe that plymouth's not very far from london so they all they all get that shock when they first arrive <laughs> <Okay>. up, <then>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: exactly well and then we, when we saw that when we started to to travel because yeah. uh my first game was Exeter i said okay it's not that far <laughs> uh but that was the only one then the second one was something like the, the closest was Bristol, uh, Bristol Rovers or Bristol City. And, uh, and then we, we uh, in the, the time I spent, of, the part of the success also, was that we traveled all together for a long period of time. You know, on the coach, uh, playing uh, cards or whatever, uh, to socialize with people. You know, when you're traveling with people, you get to know them better. Mm. It's a. It's one one thing is to train and play games, and the other is to travel with people, and then you get to know them. and the The, the, the team spirit was good. Uh, the manager knew that, uh, and I think it was even.
2: We know when when you're playing, you're tired because of the traveling, but it was not a problem for us. David, uh, I, I don't uh, know if you remember David, but I I remember taking you in the car. Up to the Rochdale away game, very early on in your Argyle career, you, you went to the GPs yes. in Plimpton because you had a problem with your foot. I think it was.
3: And, um, yeah, um, yeah, I, was, I had a cut on my foot uh, on the on the Thursday or Friday before the game, and when I uh, probably it was on the Thursday, the team was traveling on the Friday, yeah. and uh, I had to check my to, to put a, uh, to, to, to make my uh, foot. Checked by the, the doctor, yeah. uh, and and then if I
2: remember well, we didn't play that game. No, it was postponed. It was postponed exactly we right. Travel. We we yeah, went yeah, up yeah. to the uh, hotel. I think it was by the Haydock Park race course and then uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to Rochdale the following day, and it was postponed. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I do I do remember you and I traveling up the M5 in the M6. You must have wondered what on earth what on earth was going on. <laughs> yeah, and
3: and to be fair, after that one was postponed, yeah, I think we traveled. Carlisle,
0: or something like that, yeah. in, in the, the following week, or yeah. and I said, "Where am I going? <laughs> I'm going to a different country."
3: <laughs> uh, it, it was so long, Carlisle, uh, right up north. No, yeah. uh, no, that. that was a that was a good experience. You know, when
0: you're there, you 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 part of the thing, and uh, and uh, traveling was part of the
3: of our success because we had so many. Good memories um, coming back from uh, uh, when we won the trophies and uh, uh, on the way back uh, from I think it was Rochdale as well. Rochdale was uh, when you
2: won promotion. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So it's good, uh, good memories.
1: I was just wondering as well. I mean, was your was your English good before you came to Plymouth in England, or did you did you have to learn it while you were over here, and did that make any um, sway on your decision to come
2: to Plymouth?
0: You, you, you just have to ask Chris.
2: Your David's English was a lot better than everyone else's French. Oh, really? So, um, uh, because David mentions the the um, the Exeter game uh, when you made your debut, and Roman uh, acted as a, a translator, didn't he? Really, he, Roman didn't play that day, but I remember you yeah. came to see the media, and and we we spoke, uh, but sort of wrote, Roman was sort of helping to translate, but. Uh, we, we sat in a car going up to, you know, Rochdale, and uh, David's English was was not bad, and and as we can all hear now, his English is excellent. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, oh, you, I
3: think you're learning in the training room.
2: Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Some good things <laughs> and, and some wrong, maybe not
3: yeah, so good but things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you always uh, you always start by the by the uh, the wrong words. Yeah. <laughs> so I can say that.
1: Um, obviously, Paul Stoke was the man that brought you to, to England. I mean, what was your relationship like with him? Uh,
3: I think there, there, there was a, a lot of respect. We didn't exchange that much. You know, he, he's not a talker, uh, but he, he was good at... Um, uh, he knew what was necessary to uh, to be a successful team. Mm. I think he built the squad and the team the way he wanted us to play, he had a, a clear plan and uh, and, I, and I shared that plan with him in a way. I knew that in the lower divisions, as long as you defend well, you get a good organization, you will always have opportunities to score goals. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're solid and you've got a, a, a strict plan, uh, I remember we, I think we, we played some like four four two at home and four five one away with Mickey up front uh it was a clear plan yeah uh, we were solid everybody knew each other uh, we worked uh, we we were lucky because when I arrived it was mid championship it was in, in december or, or yeah december it yeah, was. That's right. yeah. so we had we had half a championship to study and to learn uh, and it, if I remember what well, we were bottom of the league. Uh, we are 21st in the league with a few games in hand because of the waterlogged pitch uh, at the time. Uh, and so we climbed the table. Uh, I think we finished 8th on the first uh, half season I was there. But we learned the, the, the league. Yes. Uh, and then uh, the manager uh, brought some players he knew from Scotland and to, to strengthen the team. And uh, with the good work we've done in the first six months, we we put that on, on, on the, uh, in practice, uh, and we we had a I would say a, a, a fantastic season because when you finish with more than hundred points uh, at the end of the season, it's a fantastic season. But it knew, uh, and I knew also that it, it was not tough to play because I, I had another level in France, which was. Much higher, a sort of championship level. Uh, so you understand quick. Uh, I knew then how to score goals, how to make my late runs in the box. Uh, the timing. I knew that Buster Phillips was coming inside on his uh, preferred left foot to to deliver. Uh, he was all the the little clicks that uh, we've learned in, in uh, first of all and then uh, we put that
2: in practice and and, uh, we had a great season after that David we uh, had lots of questions from our podcast listeners for you so we're going to run through some of those questions with you now if that's okay. Um, we'll start with um, Jessica Wigington and she's asked you what's your best memory at Argyle who is the best Argyle player that you played with and how much do you follow Argyle now so best memory, best player and do you still follow our goal now? But the best
3: memories, we, we've got a lot. Uh, to be fair, the two championships, the atmosphere, uh, the QPR game, mm. uh, was something unbelievable. But there's so many, and, I've been, and I'm have and i lucky to say, you there's so many good memories. Uh, but I would say the best memory, uh, the game, at QPR at home, full house, uh, late goals, uh, and then I think everybody in the stadium was waiting for for the goals. The first from Nikki, one nil. It's not finished, one nil. Then I was lucky to score the second one. It was towards the end, after the 80th minute. So everybody was jumping inside out and could uh, really, really enjoyed. Then my best partner at uh, at Argyle, I've been lucky that we had a. Um, it was a team spirit first, uh, who
0: took us to through the, the limits. Uh, but uh, they, they were—I I could tell you
3: everybody, because there is no uh, well, David Norris was a good player. Uh, Paul Wharton at the back had a fantastic strike. Coco was dominant in the air. Roman was a monster in goals. Uh, it's difficult. Nikki was uh, the typical. British target man. Hmm. Uh, they were all, you know, uh, good players. They, I think the team was, was the best player. And and the last one was.
2: How much do you follow Arval uh, now?
3: I, was, uh, I checked every result. We're looking at, at the time when I arrived, there was no um, uh, social media, uh, social network. But now with Twitter, uh, I'm not on Facebook, but on Twitter, uh, mainly Instagram or whatever, you've got the results, you, you've got all the, the application with the, the result, and, and I put another on our guys' results. So I know them, I know the four-star of the season, the fantastic climb of the table, I know everything. Uh, I know the, the result. I check the result uh, week
1: in, week out. Uh, um, um one question we've had in from Matthew Salisbury, It says, "Do you still keep in contact with Roman Lario?"
3: No, I haven't spoken to him for, for spoken to him for for a long time now. Uh, the last time I had uh, some news was when he, he decided to, to go to Italy, to live in Italy. So I, I don't
2: know. Uh, I haven't. I, I would have to, to if he's got the same number. I would I would give him a call. Yeah, he's back in. Is he back in Plymouth now, Chris? He's back in uh, this part of the world, definitely. So, um, I mean, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the two of you sort of signed at the same time. You, you, you both French as well. You know, the you you were almost sort of thrown together, weren't you? Really, when you came to 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 this club and to England. Oh yeah, yeah. Did, did we, it help? We, it it look, must have helped both yeah, of you having sure, each other there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: for sure. Uh, I think our agent new postdoc from his time at Dundee uh, when he brought us up to Plymouth uh, the manager didn't knew us didn't know us uh, so we trained uh, with the first uh, I was lucky I trained the first week and I played except <laughs> the following Saturday so uh, it was a bit strange for me that the ball was not touching the floor uh, I was Watching
0: the pace of the game, was, which is totally different, the, the the physical
3: impact. So we had to. We learned quickly. Uh, I was lucky to start, and then Roman uh, a few a few weeks uh,
0: after Alice Strange. I think it was. I think his first game was against Bristol City in That's the right. League Cup. That's
2: right. Um, if I remember well. Yes, you do. Was the Bristol City was was but, his first. Was his but first we team. were. the number of people that we've had questions from um David after we announced that you were coming on the podcast just is is proof of that it's um you've you've still got an awful lot of fans and friends in in the city of Plymouth. Yeah. Michael Michael Kimber's one of them David. He asked where does the QPR game rank as an experience in your football career? You know, how high how how much of a highlight was it that that one?
3: I I think it is in the top three of my career Uh, something like that because it's a game you have to produce, it's a game you have to win Uh, it's a full house it's sunny Uh, you've got all the ingredients for a big game it was not a, a big technical game but it was a solid performance and the resilience was there and we Really trust in ourselves uh, because I think Cuba could come back in, in uh, if they had won that game, come back close, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we knew it was a day. And uh, when you know that, and when you have to produce and you produce, it's a very good performance. And then it was sunny. We had the cup, yeah. we had the drinks after we could celebrate at home, which was important because the first one was not at home. Mm. Um, so we, all the ingredients were there to, to have a good day, and it was a good day for everybody.
1: Definitely a day that a lot of people still look back fondly on. Um, another another person that's got in touch is Cullum Thompson. He said, David, you're my best Argol player of all time. Thanks for the memories, especially the QPR game, which sent us up. Onto my questions, he says, do you regret leaving Argyle for Nottingham Forest? is his first question. Um, so I'll let you answer that one first.
3: No, I don't regret it, because uh, uh, you have to make some choices in, in, uh, in life and in, and in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a time when we, a few things had changed. Uh, the manager uh, has gone to Southampton at the time We changed manager, Bobby Williamson came in, he had his ideas, well, some new players were coming in, and you have to know the right time. And it's not like if I was um, 26 or 27, I was already 32. Uh, The opportunity to go to a big club, because it was a big name, uh, to add a better... um, contract for my family also uh, to discover something different Mm. Uh, and uh, when I left Plymouth I think Plymouth was in the top 10 of the championship Uh, probably yeah uh, I think that they 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 finished something like uh, uh, I think when Ian Holloway came after uh, Bobby Williamson Mm-hmm. Uh so the, the club was on a high and then Jan, Jan left the club was in sixth or in, in the championship. So it I think the club missed that chance to keep the manager like uh, um Tony Police or or Jan yeah, Holloway. And maybe they have, they would have had the, the chance to go to the Premier League at the time, at this time. Uh but to to leave uh for Nottingham Forest not it's not a regret. I'd, Fantastic time, and we can agree <laughs> together that we still got good memories together yeah. with the fans and the, and the results. So, there's a time for everybody.
1: At the club. I suppose sometimes
3: nothing, pre- is, nothing is bigger than
1: a club. No, that's true. And sometimes Hopefully, players everyone. can stay for too long, can't they? And, then, and they regret not taking a chance to, to move on,
2: like you said. So, it's definitely an interesting yeah, yeah. one and, and Callum's, sec- Callum's second question David was did you wish you could have come back to Argyle towards the end of your career but um, I think injury was an issue wasn't it towards the end of your career David?
0: Yeah I
3: think um, injury, I had a problem with my calf to be, to be honest I got injured on the first warm up of my first game at Forest during the warm up and I decided to play because uh, the it was uh, my first game and I played with a uh, a strain in my car uh and it never gone it never it never went uh, in in a way i never had the time to fully recover from that and the medical uh um i would say uh i was not it, in a way i don't want to say bad thing about medical stuff but uh I should have done better uh, myself and the staff because uh, I had no scan in, I had one scan in 18 months. <laughs> so normally you go and you have a scan straight away yeah. and you know the, the, the injury and then mm. you, you you get the treatment. But it, that's life. And, and calf are, are difficult to, to sort out because if you don't give you the right time, the good recovery, they, they, they go. Uh, at, at the first print or the first art training session so uh no i don't i don't regret any anything to be fair uh it was because now i've got after this life after a life after football and uh i've been quite lucky on that one as well uh working with i made some uh extra and then, then, people like Sir Alex Ferguson or, or, or dealing with uh, the, the biggest and uh, bringing one of the biggest players in the world. At the time, uh, I, I found it the ex- most expensive one in Paul Pogba when he was 16. So
1: uh, there's a time for, for everything. And, and definitely, one of the questions that we saw on on Twitter directed towards you was from Woody from Bastille, um, and he did re- <laughs> you did you did you did reply to him on that with a great answer. Mm-hmm. I think we've covered your best mm-hmm. memories at Argyle but you also about had asked about your worst moments, and you mentioned something about being dressed as Robin outside the Swinton Hotel.
3: <laughs> uh, you know, it's something funny because we were just arrived to, to Plymouth, and the lads said we've got a Christmas party. Okay. <laughs> We take the French lads with us. I think it was Paul McGregor who took us to uh, fancy dress uh, stuff. So there was not many left because they were all uh, they all went to the same shop before us. So I was dressed in uh, I took Robin the 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 outfit of Robin and Roman was Aladdin. (laughs) Okay. So, as you know, it's when you go for a Christmas party in town, you don't drink alcohol, obviously. And uh, it was very late and Roman said, oh, David, I've had enough. (laughs) I take a taxi, I go to the Sinton Hotel. And we were sharing the the same room at the time. So he had um, uh, the key, obviously. I said, look, the, the, the window, just let the window open. And then I will shout when I come back. Uh, and, and then you throw me the, the key. You will be able to, to throw me the key. But obviously I came back late and Roman was was snoring, hearing from the street. And uh, no, absolutely no chance to wake him up. So I had to, to ring the bell with the owners coming and, and me dressed as Robin. Obviously, uh, at 2 or 3 o'clock in, in the morning. So there was a, uh, an
0: embarrassing moment for
2: me. <laughs> so you were stood on the doorstep dressed as Robin at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So fantastic. But it was funny.
1: And what yeah. about on the pitch? Were there any particularly bad memories for you in terms of your your playing time at Argyle?
3: To, to be fair, not really. Okay. Uh, I remember, it's not bad memories because I had a cut and normally I've got one or two cuts every year in my head, that's, that's, uh, that's for sure, but I remember we played, I think, Blackpool away and there was myself and uh, Sean McCarthy cut, with, with a cut in the, and then after the game obviously we went to see the other doctor and uh, he said, uh, okay, who's first? I said, Macas first okay and he, he went my came, came, and they didn't make him an injection they, he was just doing they were just uh doing their stuff i said oh no 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 no! i cannot do that uh, so maxi put me a lot of vaseline in the head and uh, a, a kilos of uh half a pound of, of vaseline on my head but i didn't want to, <laughs> to let my my head go underneath the 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 the, the the doctor at yeah. the time but it's just the really bad memories on the pitch at Argyle. no
1: yeah. no it's no surprise given the achievements you had while you were
2: there and David yeah, yeah. after you retired yeah. from playing you became a scout was that something that had always interested you no
3: not, no no I, I think I said well I'm going to be an agent and I had my uh, time at Forest and uh, I didn't like the manager at the time uh, then a new manager came um, Colin Calderwood He was a nice guy Uh, But I said I had one more year On my contract And I said I don't want to play anymore Uh, I want to go back to France And maybe What do you What do you want to do in France I said "Uh, Maybe I'm going to be an agent I said Why Why don't you Work for me In France uh, Going and Watch games Uh, I said why not And then We cut that year Into As a, a scouting mission I had a contract of years as a scout for uh, Nottingham Forest and then it all began this way uh, and then obviously when you're traveling and uh, watching people watching games you're meeting the different people and I met uh, Martin Ferguson um, Jimmy Ryan uh, of uh, Man- Manchester United and then they were they, they lost they were just not they had just lost the, the French scout and then they, they said, um, "Would you be interesting?" And, and then the, uh, I spent nine years at United. <laughs> so, uh, but it was no. I, I'm really glad to be still in football. Mm. To to be uh, able to do the, the the thing I I like, and uh, that's the most important. My family is really settled in France. Uh, we moved a lot uh, through the years, but. Uh, we're in Saint-Étienne and uh, they all also, we also playing in green which
0: is maybe uh, not
2: the, <laughs> the so but, uh, there's a question to come on that David um, but yes yeah. the fact that you're working for a club in green has not gone unnoticed by Argyle fans you mentioned Paul Pogba David you know, tell us about that
3: uh, Paul was playing for Le Havre at the time it, and uh, was 15 and obviously when you start for big clubs you We have to really know what's coming. the what's the next generation and he was part of the next generation. He, he was about to To play for France on the 16 uh, And that's the the right time for the big clubs to, to make the market I would say uh, I've been lucky to be persuasive enough to take him to the club uh at the time it was there was some big fuss in the french media but uh, there was absolutely nothing illegal in our approach we we paid compensation money if you can imagine at the time Paul we we, we bought Paul for 110,000 euros so that was the compensation money yeah. and uh and and then he became a 100 plus million player <laughs> later on. So uh, I must have had some good eyes at the time. Did,
2: did he stand out at that age? Would, were you, you know, it's easy to say with hindsight, but were you confident that he was one for the for the future for Manchester United? No, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: I thought I thought it was one for the future for Manchester United. That's for sure. I didn't know he was going to take that dimension. Yeah. It's different, but when I used to scout for United, every time in my head, when I was going, I was only going for the quality, and I could see. I think see it's something I can do, and I can see. I can see potential in players. I knew that the players I was recommended could play in a Premier, in a Premier League or in a, in a Premier team, in the first eleven. That's the most important because when you're taking boys of sixteen. Can they play under 18? Okay. Under 23? Okay. Reserves? Okay. But the first team is difficult. I've got something, I've got that in me. I don't know why, yeah. but I, I know. Uh, and uh, that was the case for, for Paul at the time. I was pretty sure he was going to, to play first-team football at United. And, and, like uh, uh, like Andreas Pereira, like uh, yeah. uh, a few others.
2: When you see Paul, though, playing in a World Cup final winning team for your country, and you've had a, a part to play in his football development, how, how did you feel when you saw him playing and winning, winning a World Cup with France?
3: But, but it, it's, a, it's a pride, you know, in a way, because uh, I knew that uh, it was a good generation for France. It's the 93 generation. Uh they were all born in ninety three. They they were world champion under twenty also. Uh but uh when you see the success and now the fact that when he left the, the World Cup it, it's it's a big pride. It's a big pride.
2: I'm not surprised. It's I it, it?
3: I've been lucky. I've been yeah. I've been lucky he's the first players I've recommended ever. He was the
0: first <laughs> so, one.
3: They, no no uh, no no it's not, uh, yeah. it's not right, because I, I, I recommended play for Forest. But uh, at United, it was the first one. Wow.
1: That's not a bad
3: legacy, <laughs> That's not a bad
1: legacy to leave, is it? <laughs> no, sorry? That's
2: not a bad legacy to leave at United. Oh, no, no, no. And
3: no, he's no, still no. playing well, so
2: well for them now as well, isn't he? So, um, you know... Yeah, playing...
3: they, they, they they playing better now. Mm. And because, obviously, at United, you've got now the, some uh, United people at, at yeah. the top in, in Ole and, and Mick
1: Fallon uh, and obviously we've talked about you going down the scouting route did you ever consider going into management or was that never something that was on the cards
3: for you no 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 I've never been interested in a, to be a manager well maybe maybe now that uh, I'm a little bit older I said hmm why why that choice but I I, I didn't I didn't like the way to to, to become you know the, the learning curve uh, was I didn't like that because I didn't like the people who were giving the lesson I would say <laughs> uh, maybe I should have I've gone to start uh, some lesson in England probably but not in France so, uh, it was not my cup of tea I would say uh, because I was I think you learn more about football by scouting uh, leagues culture or different in different countries you learn a lot more than when you're staying in your Bunker, I would say with your staff Mm -hmm. and you Preparing the next game each time the next game, but I've watched Spanish football Portuguese football German football, you know, I've watched lots of football and and you learn You learn a lot more about the players and football in
2: general. David I've got a couple more questions for you Um, one's from Mark Williams now obviously you're the chief scout at St Etienne Mark says uh, St Etienne are doing very well in League 1 good to see that you're involved in a team in green again suits you obviously he says is there any way the two clubs could have uh, two clubs Argyle and St Etienne could have some sort of agreement regular friendly matches loan exchanges is is that anything that could happen do you think
3: why not I would say, why not? Hmm. Uh, obviously, it has to be
0: something uh, discussed at both level. Yep. Uh,
3: but uh, why not? Why not? Hmm. I, I'm just waiting for Plymouth to to be uh, where they deserve to be. If that, Argyle if, if to be were
2: a championship a club, it would be different, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, hmm. at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Argyle needs to be a championship club at the very minimum because uh Hull have been there blackpool have been there you know they were not better than us they were uh, Hull was a big city then they had a, a big owner but it's they, they you, you need to be you need to be uh, uh better you, you need to be higher why we can only play half seasons
1: (laughs) that's a question a lot of people are asking (laughs) I think
3: yeah yeah yeah. but uh, you know uh, Derek Adams is still in charge and he had a from
2: from 9 games at the start of 2019 yeah so, yeah. so mm.
3: imagine you you put that in the uh, in the same season
0: yeah
2: Pre-season game at any time. I'm sure Argyle would be delighted to welcome them to home park, and uh, they've got the new grandstand that's going to be hopefully uh, finished by uh, by the end of this year. I so, um, so maybe they could come over and uh, and see the see the ground looking uh, looking at its best. All right,
0: okay.
1: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll mm. say why not?
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Just two more questions, that, um, and then David um, Malcolm Sherry <coughs> said, "Can you ask David if he can find Argyle another frio please?"
2: <laughs> so, um, another. Another David Frio, another player in your mould. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so no pressure on you, no. but we just need a, a, a French uh, box-to-box goal-scoring midfielder who can head, tackle, um, and just generally charge about the pitch. <laughs>
3: well, uh, I said also, why, why not? You know, there, there's good players everywhere. Uh, the 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 most important is to 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 be there to pick them. At the right moment in the 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 timing is important yeah. when i arrived to plymouth was the right timing you don't know why i don't know why but it was the right timing uh then you have to have players with a good mentality and who are hunger they want to be successful i wanted to be successful roman wanted to be successful we had some revenge to take uh, on life, on, not on life, on football. Uh, but we were, uh, yeah. You, you need that hunger uh, to, to to be successful. And I think that the lads, the, the team post built. All the lads were in the same uh, category, uh, mentally wise. Uh, a good bunch of lads, but hard workers. Ready to run for each other. That's that was the most important. That's how you, you build a team and a squad.
1: Fantastic. and I think... So the next for so years, oh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> for the, the, the... Yeah.
1: I think the, the, the last question, which is a little jokey question that was sent in, but I think it sums up how a lot of Argyle fans still feel about you, is from Len Fergie, and he says If I kick my wife out, will you move in with me? <laughs> But I I
2: think think that sums up how fans feel about you very nicely at the end there. I hope
3: Lenny's not being serious about that, but... Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we... I think that team at this moment in time had a great relation with the fans. mm -hmm. Because we and the fans uh, lived some
0: fantastic moments. Mm -hmm. And I remember also fans coming to our training camp
3: in in Austria. all things you know and and also when you play and i said that in one of my tweets that uh, playing sheffield wednesday the atmosphere but there was two and a half thousand or three thousand of fans at sheffield Wednesday at sheffield i think it was on a tuesday you night it was a wednesday or,
2: night in october david i, I checked a wednesday yeah, night yeah. in october, 300 miles from went,
3: so mm. we played in london full of Plymouth fans. Mm. We played at Sheffield, full of Plymouth fans. Uh, Rochdale, the famous Rochdale, lots of uh, Plymouth fans. It's, 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 it's quite, it's a city with uh, quite special. To be in France, we've got the Pays Basque, it's the Southwest also, but it's an identity. And lots of Plymouth-born uh, people have moved you know, to Manchester, to London or Mm. to work, but the identity is still there. So when we traveled the way, we said, oh, it's too far, it's four hours on the coach, five hours, six hours, seven, eight hours on the coach. And then we arrived, we like playing at home sometimes,
0: well,
1: uh, said, the, next, the next game for Argyle is away to Sunderland, so that's a 350-mile trip. Oof. And they've, Argyle have already sold around yeah. 1,500 tickets, so there'll be a good crowd there as well.
3: That's, un- that's unbelievable! Mm. Unbelievable! Mm. Uh, and these people—they're not all living in the area. Some travel from Plymouth, mm. so that's big re- respect. Yeah, okay. they are the best.
1: It'll definitely be a very difficult. long day. They are the best. But I'm just going to say, how how good is it for you when you get to an away game to see that many fans there? Does that make a big difference?
3: Oh, but obviously, you know, sometimes you're a bit tired or you're not in the right mood, and and when you see the the you, you go out for the for the for the warm up and you, you see them all, and and you you know at some point after two, three, four years you recognize people also. In a stand, you know you wave them uh, it's it's like y- you you enter a different atmosphere i remember my first game at Exeter. i saw it, it was funny because i saw uh, there was all the old guys you know sean mccarthy mickey Scott, and everything the the first two were way in front of me before the kickoff there, there was a vaseline pop and they put all the vaseline on the other under the uh, About the eyes and and uh, on the cheek, Oof, I said, oh! I'm gonna do the same. So I did the same. You go out and uh, you you get the atmos this atmosphere straight away when you get out the tunnel and you see the your fans. Whether it's Exeter away or Sandal on the way, they are there mm. and in numbers. So they they are the best
1: fantastic well um, do you want to say thank you first David
2: thank you very much for sparing the time to talk to us I know that uh, the fans uh, still have the hold you in the highest esteem Uh, thank you for talking about your time at Argyle it was a great time for for you for the club I enjoyed immensely reporting on the team you know that 2001 to 2004 5 period was a was a fantastic time for the club, for the city, for everyone. So thank you from me to you for your part in that. And thanks again for, for joining us today. It's been brilliant. And I know Jack, Jack will just finish off, if that's OK. Yeah, so like I said, thank you very much, David, for
1: joining us. It's been an honour to, honor to speak to you. Um, and thanks to everyone that's listened. We'll be back again next
0: week. <laughs>